0: There's a lot to get to today, a major Supreme Court ruling on religious liberty, some shocking new evidence presented at a Pennsylvania hearing over potential election fraud, but all of that pales in comparison to the most important news story that the mainstream media are bringing to you, Joe Biden's cat.
1: And now some breaking news. President-elect Joe Biden and his wife, Jill, won't just be bringing their German shepherds, major and champ, to the White House. The Bidens tell us exclusively that soon they'll be joined by a cat.
0: By the way, the real reason that Joe Biden needs a cat is that his dog is threatening his life and breaking his bones. That is true, not a very auspicious start for the alleged Biden presidency. I'm Michael Knowles, this is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment from last Wednesday, it has been so long. I hope you all had a happy Thanksgiving and are having a very happy Cyber Monday. (laughs) I hope you're getting Daily Wire subscriptions on Cyber Monday. But my favorite comment from last Wednesday from Christoph Rodriguez, who says Biden is going to replace his, come on man, with Ay caramba, it's true. Icarumba or Desposito, because he's gonna have to get his numbers up among Latino voters, among black voters, among a whole lot of voters. He's doing very well among dead voters, but among other sorts of voters, it's a uh, sort of up in the air. Uh, speaking of uh, people that we want to remember, A legacy box is a safe and affordable way to digitally preserve all your home movies and photos that are currently trapped on dated formats like VHS or film. With everything that's going on here is a great way to ensure the focus remains on your family this holiday season. So many of us have irreplaceable moments on tapes and film that we can no longer watch. This this happened to me and I'll give you a, a very sad example, a beloved family member who died I had all of these photographs in one place and then I lost them and I lost them before I had Legacy Box. Fortunately, I did find some more photos. Immediately sent them to Legacy Box. I'm so glad that they are now preserved forever. They can h- help you discover what's on all those tapes and films. Maybe you don't even know what's on them anymore and keep the footage organized and safe for years to come. Once you have those digital versions, you can relax knowing they're secure for generations. Legacy Box is something you can order in minutes and enjoy forever. This is the best deal of the year right now. Go to LegacyBox.com slash take advantage of this limited time offer. Get 60% off. Do it. You will not regret it. I'm so, putting my memories on Legacy Box is one of the best things I did last year. This exclusive offer won't last long. Order your kit now. They send it to you whenever you're ready. It is a sale to remember. 60% off while supplies last. Go to LegacyBox.com slash Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S. Lots of those relatives who may have passed on to remember, some of whom may have voted in the presidential election. And yet the story that we're hearing from the mainstream media is about Joe Biden's pets. This is the kind of hard hitting journalism that you can expect if Joe Biden does in fact ascend to the presidency, which very likely we'll know within a couple of weeks when the electors vote on December 14th. But the cat story actually does have a serious aspect to it, which is that Joe Biden has some dogs and he was playing with his dogs and he had a fall And if he were a younger man, that wouldn't be a big deal. But because he's exceedingly frail and elderly, this fall was very, very serious. As NBC News reports, uh, Joe Biden just left an orthopedic office in Delaware where he was treated for a sprained right ankle after this fall on Saturday. It looks like he's got a fracture um, in in his foot. And so probably the cat is a little bit more his speed than the dog. This is very sad. I'm actually, I'm not making fun of Joe Biden. I do not wish him ill. I do not wish him broken bones. I think it is very sad for him. And it's very sad for the country that potentially we will have a frail president who is not up for the job, who should be in retirement after 50 years of living off public corruption. That would be much, much better. Uh, President Trump responding to this, by the way, he tweets that he just says, get well soon. (laughs) You know, Trump, I guess it's a nice thing for him to say, but what he's pointing out is I'm very energetic. My opponent is frail and elderly. That is the point that he's making. He's been making this point for a very long time. He's been making it ever since he said he was a young and vibrant man. Which of these guys is the president elect? We don't know. According to the media, Joe Biden is, is basically already the president. <laughs> Forget about the inauguration. Forget about the electors voting. The guy's already in office. And according to Trump supporters, a great many of them, something like 71%, the election was illegitimate. The election was stolen. And a great many of those people think that President Trump is the president elect. We have something like Schrodinger's cat. We have Schrodinger's president. Schroding, we are in a state of quantum politics. Where both of these guys simultaneously appear to be the president-elect. Schrödinger's cat. For those of you who don't remember all the way back to eighth grade, when this science thought experiment was brought up to us, it is uh, this this thought experiment whereby you've got a cat in a box, and you've got a poison that will be released based on a random quantum event, and uh, be, be, without going too much into. Uh, this scientific theory that i don't even really understand myself uh th- the question is when does a quantum system stop existing as this superposition of states all these multiple states at one time and collapse into one distinct reality when does it stop being the case that joe biden and donald trump are both the president elect according to a great many people in the country both of these probabilities existing at once when does it collapse into who will be the president well if you ask President Trump, I I guess it would be December 14th, except he was just asked by a reporter if the electors vote for Joe Biden on December 14th. Will you concede? His answer, a little ambiguous.
1: It's going to be a very hard thing to concede because we know there was massive fraud. So as to whether or not I can get this apparatus moving this quickly, because time isn't on our side. Everything else is on our side. Facts are on our side. This was a massive fraud. This should never take place in this country. We're like a third world country. We have machines that nobody knows what the hell they're looking at. I mean, you take a look at all the mistakes they made. Look at even Georgia, look at all the mistakes they made. And that, all that was is a simple, you press a button. Look at, look at Georgia, all the, all the votes they found just by going. And I said they shouldn't even do it because it doesn't mean anything. They're doing a recount right now in Georgia that is meaningless. The only recount that matters in Georgia is to look at the signatures on the envelope and you will find that those signatures do not match the people that were many of them, hundreds of thousands of them, hundreds of thousands. And I only lost by 12,000 votes. I didn't lose. I didn't even like to say I lose.
0: Okay. So you, you see the point here, President Trump saying, I don't know, it's a hard thing to concede. Now, I don't think that President Trump is going to declare a military dictatorship, you know, and uh, martial law. If the electors vote for Biden on December 14th. But he's not conceding yet, nor should he. According to the media, uh, it's clear Donald Trump lost. He lost by a lot. Oh, there's not too much evidence of fraud. Oh, forget about Georgia, forget about uh, Pennsylvania. That's all bunk. There is a lot of evidence of what we call irregularities. And maybe we should use a harsher term even than irregularities. There was no reason if everything was above board, there was no reason to stop the vote counting at 1030 at night on election night in certain highly democratic, democratically controlled precincts. Okay. There was no reason to do that. There was especially no reason as we saw in Georgia to then surreptitiously restart the counting at one in the morning when there were no poll watchers around whatsoever. There was no reason for the Democratic run machine cities to prevent Republican poll watchers from watching the count. There was especially no reason for those same democratically run cities to ignore a court order demanding that Republican poll watchers watch the count. There was no reason to do any of that if everything was above board. But maybe everything was not above board. We're being told by the media, there no evidence that there was any fraud in this election. Obviously, we've gone through quite a bit of that evidence on this show, but we saw some more evidence of that last week. Last week during a Pennsylvania hearing on some of the irregularities here, you had a data specialist come out, Colonel Phil Waldron, uh, make even more explosive claims than any of the evidence we've been discussing on this show. Phil Waldron claimed that the election software that was used all around this country in a great many places was built to be hacked.
2: The voting systems in the US uh, and in Pennsylvania were built to be manipulated. They've been used in elections around the world um, and stolen elections uh, around the world in Venezuela, Italy, Argentina, Singapore, Bolivia as close as uh, two weeks ago. The Philadelphia uses ES&S, Pittsburgh uses Dominion, other counties in, in uh, Pennsylvania use uh, Dominion and other systems. So what's, uh, what's the real deal? So all of these election systems have a, a common DNA. Uh, SGO Smartmatic um, sold Sequoia voting systems to Dominion in 2010. And then the Diebold uh, company spun off Premier election systems to Dominion uh, as a result of an antitrust suit. I know there have been statements um, to the contrary, but I personally debriefed the son of a Cuban intelligence officer who had firsthand knowledge of uh, Hugo Chavez's family members who told him not to worry about the populist threat against Maduro's election in Venezuela, quote unquote, that it was guaranteed. Their father invested the money to build the SGO voting machine system. So I had no reason to doubt this gentleman. He's uh, sworn an affidavit to this effect.
0: These are pretty explosive claims. And before the media write this guy off as some total kook who heard this from a guy and a guy and he's the dry cleaner of the cousin of, you know, this is a serious person, this Colonel Phil Waldron, talking about serious people, Cuban intelligence officers. We know there's a very tight relationship between Cuban intelligence and Venezuela, particularly under Hugo Chavez. Uh, These claims are that through various companies, various sales of companies, there has been some association between the different election software companies here, notably Dominion, and that it was possible for the election to have been hacked. That the that in a certain sense, these machines were built such that the election could have been hacked. Dominion, of course, denies all of this. Uh, I think it's pretty clear that this guy's showing vulnerabilities. He's showing, he actually flat out states that the devices are connected to the internet. So they have at least the logical possibility of being hacked. The problem here though, with running out of time, as President Trump pointed out, is the Trump team needs to provide proof, not merely that this could happen, but that it did happen. And I know it's very, very difficult to provide that proof. Even if it did happen around the country, even if millions of votes were shifted, it would be very difficult to find the proof of that. But the Trump team needs to provide the proof of that Or, and this is just a purely descriptive matter, the courts are not going to overthrow the election. And and frankly, even the state legislatures are not going to flip the certification or refuse to certify in the places that they haven't. It just won't happen. They need to provide the proof that it did happen. Now, look, there is evidence. We're being told there is no evidence of anything. And even let's forget about the poll watchers for a second. There's no evidence that there were any irregularities because of the voting machines or batches of votes coming in. BS, there's a ton of evidence of that. In fact, Colonel Waldron points out that there was a massive vote dump. While there have been massive vote dumps in a number of places with statistical anomalies, one of which showed that more than 99% of the ballots in one dump went to Joe Biden.
2: Normally you would expect to see a smooth curve going up, not any uh not any big big spikes. Uh that's kind of what uh, what Greg was talking about, the the anomalies of loading and uh, uploading those uh those votes. So that big spike that uh, occurs there is a prime indicator of fraudulent voting. And that's 604,000 votes in 90 minutes, is that right? Correct. This is uh 300 and uh 337 votes, 337,000 votes in that uh, at, in that, in at, that period of time. Yes.
1: And when you look at this entire curve with all these spikes, can you calculate how, how, how much of a vote that accounted for for Biden and how much for Trump?
2: Close to 600,000. I think our, our figures were about 570-some-odd thousand that uh, all those spikes represent over time. For Biden?
0: Correct. And how much for Trump? I think it was a little over 3,200. 570,000 for Biden, 3,000 for Trump, which means that in that batch that came in, Joe Biden received 99.4% of the vote. We got to congratulate Joe Biden. Joe Biden managed to outperform Saddam Hussein at the height of his power in Iraq in certain voting batch dumps in certain counties in America. Wow. Good job, Joe. Here, I thought that there was very little enthusiasm for Joe Biden's candidacy. Turns out he does better numbers than a Middle Eastern dictator, does he? Or maybe, maybe not. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe that's statistically impossible. Now we have, we have so much of this evidence. And yet, if you can't prove that it was done, not merely that it could be done, not merely that the statistics point to that it was done. If you can't prove that it was done, then all of this evidence in a buck 50 is going to get us a buck, or rather uh, it's going to get us a cup of coffee, even on Cyber Monday with all these great deals. You know, speaking of these great deals, the holidays are here. This year, you got to give yourself some extra money in your pocket. You can pay off your credit card balances and save with a credit card consolidation loan, From Lightstream. Roll your high interest credit card payments into just one payment at a lower fixed rate. Lightstream's credit card consolidation loans have rates as low as 5.95% APR with auto pay and excellent credit. You can get a loan from $5,000 to $100,000 plus absolutely no fees, no application fees, no origination fees, no transaction fees, no prepayment penalties. I know there are all these little fees that the companies always add in. Not here. You can even get your money as soon as the day that you apply. I have seen friends and family members ruin their financial lives because of crippling credit card debt in particular. Do not do that. Be smart. Don't throw money out the window. My listeners can save even more, by the way, with an additional interest rate discount. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com noles Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S-L-I-G-H-T S-T-R-E-A-M.com slash Knowles. Subject to credit approval, rates range from 5.95% APR to 19.99% APR and include a 0.50% autopay discount. Lowest rate requires excellent credit. Terms and conditions apply. It offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash Knowles, W L E S for more information. Now, there is some hope out of the courts. I think, again, it's probably unlikely that the courts are going to grow enough of a spine to decertify election results, to halt the end of this election. However, there is some good news. In Georgia, there was an emergency order just sent in by Judge Timothy Batten Sr., which uh, will uh, prevent election officials from wiping or resetting any voting machines in the state of Georgia until further order of the court. This is very important because if there were anomalies on these voting machines, you want to at least preserve the computers so that you might have some evidence. Maybe you don't even have evidence after that. But at the very least, this judge thinks that there is enough evidence that there was tampering in, in the voting machines in Georgia that we need to stop those voting machines from being wiped or reset. Again, is that going to be enough? I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical that that will be enough. Unless you can provide a hard proof, I think that these judges are going to not want to be seen as interfering in the political process throwing an election, and uh, uh, unfortunately, the process may play out. As President Trump says, time is running out. There's still a little bit of time, but it's about 14 days left where we're suspended in this quantum state where we've got potentially two presidents elect. Now, there is some good, uh, good news coming out of the Supreme Court as well, which is that the Supreme Court defended religious liberty. Well, that's a good thing, especially if we are headed for a Joe Biden presidency, which I hope that we are not, and I still hold out some hope that we are not. But if we are, religious liberty is going to come under grave attack. Joe Biden already sued nuns when he was vice president during the Obama administration, sued nuns because they wouldn't pay for abortion drugs. He's promising to do so again. These democratic tyrants around the country are encouraging people to go out and protest for BLM and steal Gucci bags and sneakers, but they are shutting down churches. Well, The Supreme Court said no to that. In a 5-4 ruling on Wednesday night, the Supreme Court backed a religious challenge to Andrew Cuomo's restrictions of churches and synagogues in New York. Cuomo has been particularly bad about this. The devout Catholic Andrew Cuomo of similar devotion to the devout Catholic Joe Biden, who, by the way, doesn't even know simple books of the Bible, which we'll get to in a little bit. The Supreme Court came out and said, no, you can't Shut down these places. You can't shut down the synagogues and you can't shut down the churches. A lot of other places are open in this country, but for some reason, Democratic governors have had a real problem with the churches and the synagogues. And and the reason for this, by the way, the the charitable read of why they want to keep those shut down is that they think that religion is superfluous. It's ridiculous. It's silly that people still go to church. They don't believe in any of the things that are. Uh, that go on in churches and synagogues. These democratic secularists think it's all superstition. Uh, They believe that religious people are superstitious. Ironically, irreligious people are much more superstitious, which we uh, recently found out also thanks to the mainstream media. But they believe there's no reason to risk people's lives. It's very important that people go protest for BLM. That's important to the human spirit and to our body politic. But it's not important that they go worship this crazy old man in the sky with a beard as they describe God, as no one else describes God in history, but as liberal atheists do. And so they want to keep that shut down. Well, the Supreme Court says no. This is very important. The closure of these churches from the beginning was always outrageous. We never should have tolerated it. There is a scientific argument to keep the churches open as well. I don't really care to make scientific arguments that the only language that the left speaks is scientific with a capital S, which does not refer really to physical science, but it refers to their religion of secularism. Of course, their their love of science doesn't apply when men pretend that they can become women or when activists pretend that babies are not human. So it's not, it isn't even scientific in the narrow physical sense, but when they invoke science, they're invoking their own secular religion. And it's important to point out to these left-wingers that even by their own premises that, uh, you know, we need to preserve our life on earth at all costs. It's worth not seeing anybody. It's worth never seeing your loved ones or your relatives as long as you can eke out a few more months on this earth. Even by that standard, it was wrong to shut down the churches and the synagogues. There's a, a new report out from NBC, which says, hidden in a pandemic, elderly in nursing homes, Are dying from isolation. The people who are in nursing homes, well, a lot of elderly in nursing homes were dying because Andrew Cuomo sent sick people into nursing homes. Thousands of elderly New Yorkers died because of that dumb policy. But that's not even what NBC is talking about. NBC is saying that there are people who are dying of broken hearts, of despair, of isolation, and of loneliness in nursing homes because they can't see their loved ones. And guess who said that was going to happen from the beginning? All of us. All of the conservatives, and when all the conservatives said, hey guys, it's kind of cruel to lock away elderly people, away from their loved ones, for the for the last months or years of their life. When we when we said that, do you know what the left called us science deniers? Well, do you know what we can call it? We can call them philosophy deniers. We can call them theology deniers. Because man does not live by bread alone. (laughs) Okay? And and life is not just existing. It's not just being somewhat conscious. Life is being social, seeing people that you love, pursuing your joys, having ambition, talking to people, enjoying one another's company. NBC writes, more than eight months into the pandemic, the very isolation meant to protect nursing home residents is also contributing to their deaths. Confined to their nursing homes and largely cut off from visitors, many residents are experiencing mental and physical decline. Gee, you don't say, you don't say, I hope, I've said this many times, especially during the lockdowns, I hope that we can banish the term science from our political discourse. It is a meaningless term now. It, it, science, as you know, refers to knowledge. That's what the, it comes from shire, the Latin word shire, which means to know. I mean, it once meant all knowledge. Then for the past couple few hundred years, it has referred very narrowly to material inquiry you know, physical things, not metaphysical things. Then now it, it refers to leftist politics, the science of history, the science of politics, the science of progressivism. The left believes they know the way that history is going to flow. And so anything that they prefer will be science and therefore outside the realm of public debate. And anything that disagrees with their orthodoxy will, is unscientific. It's anti-science. You're a science denier. it turns out the left wing science isn't particularly scientific because human beings need more than just physical things. We do need to see people. We do have hopes and dreams and cares for the, for the materialists who believe that nothing exists outside of physical objects like this microphone or this leftist here's tumbler, which is very important. and has a spiritual quality too. For people who believe that, that only material things exist. How about mathematics? Mathematics isn't physical, it's metaphysical. Ideas, loves, joys, cares, sorrows, everything that really matters to you, not physical. Perhaps we could focus on that as well. There's more to life and death than just life and death, though there was some great news in the field of death, usually a a sort of sad topic to discuss, but there is some good news for justice because the federal government is now permitting other forms of the death penalty other than lethal injection. And I know a lot of liberals are furious, and even many conservatives are furious. And unfortunately, they're all wrong. This is very good news for justice. You know, justice, order, law, security, these are things on which civilization rests. And, you know, online, it's very difficult to protect your data security, but you should. The holidays can feel like a never-ending to-do list. There's shopping online, there's There's browsing that you're going to be doing all the time, scrolling and scrolling. All of that can expose your personal info. So get LifeLock Identity Theft Protection, because not all websites are on the nice list. And you will want to know if your personal information has been potentially exposed or found on the dark web. LifeLock helps detect a wide range of identity threats. For instance, this is a a top line one, social security number for sale on the dark web. If they detect your information being used in their network, they will send you an alert. If you become a victim of identity theft, LifeLock can help you restore your identity easier than what you can do on your own. It's very simple. I know. I used to think no one's after my data. They are. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock can help you feel protected this holiday season. The best sale of the year is happening right now. You can save up to 30% off your first year at LifeLock.com slash Knowles, W L-E-S. That is 30% off lifelock.com slash Knowles, W L E S. Sale ends November 30th. The left will allow the elderly to die of loneliness in nursing homes. And that's fine. That's wonderful. They celebrate that. They demand you let that happen. But then the left will weep for the monsters and rapists and murderers who are getting their just desserts. Well, beginning on Christmas Eve, the Department of Justice will allow the Bureau of Prisons to execute inmates on federal death row by means other than lethal injection. And I think this is very important. Uh, and it's, it's a, a way to show even more clearly that the death penalty is not cruel and unusual punishment. Because lethal injection, well, it's not unusual. I guess it does happen. Uh, but I do suspect it's a bit crueler than other forms of capital punishment. The, the reason for this, it gets to what we're talking about, how there's more than the physical world to our existence. There's no dignity in lethal injection. (laughs) When a, when a criminal is lethally injected, it's so clinical. It's so, you're strapped to the table, you're lying down. It's apparently quite painful sometimes. It often goes wrong. It's just a, a really vile process but that does not mean that the death penalty generally is a vile process. There actually can be dignity in the death penalty. There's a line from Dr. Johnson who says, when a man knows he's to be hanged in a fortnight, it concentrates his mind wonderfully, meaning it can actually help you put your, your ideas and your soul in order. And then you stand on the scaffold. It's not a pleasant experience probably, but certainly more pleasant than being strapped down to a gurney and injected with some painful poison. I've I've often considered firing squad would probably be the most dignified way to go. You can go out with a blindfold, it's sudden, you've got a cigarette in your mouth. Say, you know, I wouldn't prefer it to living, but it's certainly a a more dignified way to go. The the fact that now the federal government will permit these states to uh, use different forms of the death penalty, I I think is important. One, the death penalty itself is morally justifiable and, and there's a strong argument that it's morally preferable to 30 years or 50 years or 100 years of life in prison, whatever. Uh, But also, uh, it's it's important to think through these things. In, In our society, we want to pretend that death doesn't exist. We want to pretend that people can be president at 85 years old or whatever. We want to pretend that they won't have lost a step, that there's no such thing as cognitive decline. We want to pretend that we will never die, that we can put off making decisions. We can put off marriage. We can put off having kids. We can put off taking our career seriously. We can put off our education. We can put it all and all off because in liberal society we want to pretend that there's no no such thing as time. And we want to pretend there's no such thing as death. And we want to pretend that through our progressive politics, we can actually eliminate germs. We can actually eliminate disease. We can even eliminate death. And that is simply not true. We are living in a fallen world. This is the reality of it. And there's nothing compassionate about ignoring those realities, pretending that they don't exist allowing cruel and cynical people to run roughshod over our society. Nothing compassionate about that at all. Now, that point of view requires taking religion seriously. And the left doesn't want to do that. The left thinks that's all superstition. Well, if you read the Daily Beast, I I think it's pretty clear that secularists, atheists, are the most superstitious people on planet Earth because uh, they are now running a very important story from a very important expert who is a pet psychic and wants to let the world know what Joe Biden's pets think about the alleged election of their master, which we'll get to in a second. But did you miss out on that amazing Black Friday deal? Let us relieve your FOMO anxiety. Today, today only, join us as a Daily Wire member for 50% off with code DW50 over at dailywire.com slash subscribe. Since last year's deal, we have added so many more features and products to our membership program. We've added more exclusive readers past content. Our insider and above members can now stream our content on Apple TV and Roku, which is huge because we're adding more content every day, such as bringing you this very show five days a week starting this week, starting this Friday. If you're an All Access member, you can get to join All Access Live, our exclusive daily live streams, with me or one of the other hosts, where we talk directly with you about anything and more importantly, steal your ideas so that we can use them on the shows. We may not be able to offer this deal again next year, so be sure to become a member today using coupon code DW50 over at dailywire.com slash subscribe. This deal was huge on Friday. We added lots and lots of new members. Welcome to those of you who are joining us for the first time today. We wanted to give you the opportunity one last time. This deal is unbelievable. We will not be running it again anytime soon and probably not ever. Dailywire.com slash subscribe. We'll be right back with a lot more. Daily Beast, left-wing website. Joe Biden's dogs have told this pet psychic a lot about their beloved master and his future. I'll just read you the first paragraph. Pet psychic Beth Lee Crowther says that Joe Biden's dogs, Major and Champ, told her they are excited to live in the White House. They also say their master will be a great president. Champ says he needs memory foam bedding to ease problems with his joints. Major thinks he may have dental problems. Both dogs say Joe Biden's troubles with Donald Trump are far from over, but that their master is calm and focused enough to steer America forward. The wisdom and prophecies of this pet psychic go on, but I I think you get the point. The same people who tell you that Christianity is crazy, ridiculous. How nuts are you to believe the old fables in a book written by illiterate goat herders or what, I don't know, whatever they say about the Bible. The same people who tell you that's crazy, they believe this stuff. They run this stuff. They do. And even for the people who maybe they're just listening to the pet psychic story as a kind of funny sideshow, but they don't, they don't really take it seriously. Well, they might not take this seriously, but I bet they'll take maybe their horoscope seriously. I can't tell you how many conversations I've been in with a uh, friends of mine, many friends of mine all over the country who really, really believe in the horoscopes. I mean, they, they'll, they're avowed atheists, but they believe in the horoscopes. Or uh, friends of mine who they think going to church is crazy, but they can't miss their yoga session because yoga, they can't explain it, but it really centers their spirit. You know, it gets all of their energy in the right order. It is a liturgy for them. I mean, I've had friends of mine say that yoga is their church. And it is because yoga is a religious liturgy, whether we admit it or not. How many people, how many people take if they say, well, look, I don't believe in any of that hokey metaphysical stuff, but I eat this very special diet because this very special diet not only helps me lose weight, but it just gets my whole body and spirit in order together. So I'm communing more appropriately with the world all these kind of hokey things, which are usually based on nothing. All, all those faddish diets. Do you remember a few years ago when everyone suddenly had celiac disease? Somehow the rates of celiac disease increased by 7 zillion percent. And even the people who were honest and admitted they didn't have celiac disease, they said, well, I, I don't have celiac disease, but I still have a gluten allergy. I still, I'm, I still have gluten sensitivity. And their, their evidence for this was that when they stopped stuffing their face with bagels every day, they felt better. <laughs> they said, I, I must have a medical condition. No, I think, I think just stuffing your face with bagels is not going to make you feel great. I say this as a man who regularly stuffs his face with bagels. That's, I'm a New Yorker. This is the, the sort of thing that we do. All of these kind of hokey theories, these hokey ideas, the crystals. I mean, I, I lived in Los Angeles. Everyone talks about these, the, the effects of crystals and incense and all this kind of nonsense. That is superstitious. That is part of a religious liturgy. And it is much crazier than anything you will find in true religion. The, the irony here is that religious people are the least superstitious people I know because they are grounding their beliefs about the metaphysical world in rigorous thought, rigorous study. St. Thomas Aquinas was not a a superstitious man. He was one of the greatest logicians we've ever had in in our civilization. You you often hear, if you don't stand for something, you will fall for anything. There's an irony that it is the irreligious who are the most superstitious people. And speaking of religious conflict, at this point, I think the New York Times must be trolling us because if Joe Biden does ascend to the presidency, here's the sort of thing you've got to look forward to. New York Times writes, Iranian officials who have always maintained that their nuclear ambitions are for peaceful purposes, not weapons, expressed fury and vowed revenge over the assassination of one of their top nuclear scientists, calling it an act of terrorism and warmongering. Donald Trump knows that if Joe Biden becomes president, he's going to go really easy on the Iranians and put back in place that awful Iran deal that led to madness in the Middle East, unlike Trump's policy, which stopped being so nice to Iran and led to a lot of peace in the Middle East. So what Donald Trump is doing, the president goes in and assassinates a top Iranian nuclear scientist because nobody really believes that they want a peaceful nuclear program. They obviously want a bomb. The New York Times seems to admit this too. Their ambitions are for peaceful purposes, but they have fury and vowed revenge. It must be like how those protests over the summer were for peaceful purposes. They're mostly peaceful nuclear ambitions. They're mostly they're protests, really. When the when the bomb drops, all that while it's falling, I guess that's going to be some sort of protest. It is not an act of terrorism, by the way, to kill an Iranian nuclear scientist. An Iranian nuclear scientist is working on behalf of the state, obviously for military purposes. An act of terrorism is when you target civilians to achieve a political goal. This is not even close to that. You're targeting someone who is working for the state for military purposes, to achieve your own military and political goal. Not terrorism at all, not warmongering. I don't think we need any lectures from the New York Times or from Joe Biden or from Barack Obama or any of the liberal establishment on warmongering. Donald Trump has the greatest record of peace in my lifetime of any president. And the Democratic predecessor, president and vice president, Obama and Biden, both had a terrible record. Also speaking of religion had to bring up this clip. This might be my favorite clip from the entire uh, Thanksgiving weekend. We've been told that Joe Biden is a devout Catholic. We've been told that Donald Trump is a terrible, horrible sinner and awful man who doesn't know anything about the Bible. You remember he referred to second Corinthians as two Corinthians, which by the way, some people actually do. But anyway, he was mocked for this. He's never read a Bible in his life. You didn't see the same treatment when Joe Biden over the weekend referred to uh, a book of the Bible that I'm not familiar with, the book of Palms.
1: And if we do, and I'm sure we can, we can proclaim the palmist with the palmist who wrote these following words. The Lord is my strength and my
0: shield. The palmist. The palmist wrote that. That's, uh, I thought I had read at least a, a Decent number of books of the Bible. I I guess I had missed The Palmist. I think he might be referring to The Psalmist. No doubt Joe Biden will blame this on his childhood stutter, just like he blames everything on his childhood stutter, which magically disappeared from the age of what, seven to 75. And then that childhood stutter came back again. I think if it comes back at 75, it's not a childhood stutter anymore. I think it's an adult cognitive decline. But in this case, I don't think it's that Joe Biden is in such decline that he forgets the book of this Bible that he's devoted to. He's not a devout Catholic in any way. He supports abortion, which is not permissible. And he supports abortion in public life, which is not permissible. That's why he was denied the Eucharist at mass a number of months ago. Rightly denied that. Joe Biden ought to be excommunicated. Excommunication can be an act of mercy. This gets back, I guess, to our death penalty conversation. Justice can be an act of compassion because the purpose of something like an excommunication or of this chiding is to change the person's heart. It's rehabilitative. Punishment can be a rehabilitative thing. We used to know that. You you do this to say you are in a very grave state. You are imperiling your soul, Joe Biden, who professes to be a devout Catholic, you need to repent and change your views. But no one's forcing him to do that, which is uh, much crueler to Joe Biden if you actually believe that Catholic religion that he pretends to believe. He sues nuns. People who are devout Catholics don't sue nuns. And people who are devout Catholics, though they may not have read every single word of the Bible, I'm, I'm willing to grant that because Catholics read the Bible liturgically. You read it as part of mass, but sure, maybe they don't. they haven't read every word of it. They've read the Psalms. The Psalms are one of the most significant, well-known books of the Bible. And I just don't think Joe Biden takes any of that very seriously. I think that his true religion that he's devoted to is secularism. I think that's the true religion of virtually everybody on the left today. And it's a false religion and it's a wicked religion for our politics. And it's going to lead to a lot of misery and it's going to ruin a lot of souls in the life hereafter. But it is a strong religion and, and, and we need to call it for what it is. He's the potential president, Joe Biden. Another another potential president, actually the current president right now, Donald Trump, who does not get fawning articles about his kitty cats, who does not get off the hook when he misstates books of the Bible. Donald Trump actually gets less respect maybe than anybody else in the entire country. And recently during a, a press conference, some reporter starts mouthing off in a way that's Degrading not only to the presidency, but especially degrading to this reporter. And President Trump calls him out for it. And he points out, you know, buddy, whatever you think of me personally, you are disrespecting the office of the president.
1: No, I can't say that at all. I think it's a it's a possibility. <laughs> they're trying to look between you people, don't answer don't talk to me that way. You're just a you're just a lightweight. Don't talk to me that way. Don't talk to I'm the president of the United States. Don't ever talk to the president that way. All right, I'm gonna go with another question. Go ahead
0: absolutely right. And some people are going to attack Donald Trump for this and say he's thin skinned. He's an egotist. He's not an egotist. I mean, he's an egotist in the sense that every politician is an egotist and Trump puts his name on buildings. But when it gets to the deeper question of political humility or political narcissism, Donald Trump is much more humble than Barack Obama. Barack Obama felt there was no end to his ability to transform the world through politics. He described himself as a sort of savior, a messianic figure who said that the earth would heal and the oceans, the sea levels would lower upon his election. Donald Trump doesn't say that sort of thing. And if Donald Trump were a a true narcissist in this case, he would say, don't ever talk to me like that. I'm Donald Trump. You can't talk to Donald Trump that way. Donald Trump is Donald Trump. That's not what he said. He said, don't, don't you talk to me that way. I'm the president of the United States. Don't you ever talk to the president of the United States like this whether that president is me, whether that president is somebody else, whether that president was Barack Obama. We didn't do this sort of thing during the Obama administration. Worst thing anyone ever said to Barack Obama was when that congressman yelled out during the State of the Union, you lie. while Barack Obama was lying. And it was disrespectful, sure. But compared to this stuff, it's nothing. Compared to this stuff, that was child's play. Republicans, generally speaking, were very, very respectful to Obama. Because as awful as he was and continues to be, he was the president. We have respect for the office of the president. We didn't even impeach the guy when we could have because he abused his power and committed crimes. We didn't do it. But that sort of disrespect continues with Donald Trump and it'll happen to whoever the next guy is. The Republicans who are pretending that it's just Donald Trump that they're after, they're kidding themselves. You could put up, a, a living saint, maybe especially if you put up a living saint, the left and the press and everybody else would absolutely eviscerate him. We, we don't know who the next president will be. I know that this is un, unpleasant for us. We don't like to live in this state of apprehension. We, we want to know what's happening. Well, life is the stuff of apprehension and tension and unknowing. We, we just don't know these things for certain the left in particular wants to pretend that they know exactly what's going to happen forever because of their fatalist religion of secularism and the science of history and the science of politics and they want to pretend that they know the right side of history and the utopia we're all going to get to and how it's all going to work out we don't we don't we we know the state of things in the courts doesn't look particularly great for trump he's had a few victories here and there contrary to what the media have told you he has presented evidence his team has presented evidence of outright crimes and certainly of matters of fraud and irregularities. Is that enough to overcome this hurdle to decertify the votes that have already been certified to convince electors not to vote for Trump? Doesn't seem particularly likely, but there's two weeks left. Do not give up. (laughs) Do not give up because what's the point of giving up? I know there are a lot of people who say Trump's just got to concede. He's got to leave. If Trump gives up right now, first of all, anything that he's trying to Iron out before he leaves office, that's off the table. Any appointments he's trying to get through, any deals he's trying to cut with our adversaries and our our allies, that's not gonna work. And if he gives up right now, what happens to all those legal challenges that are potentially exposing fraud? And in some cases have exposed serious evidence. Those would go away. We would gain nothing. We would lose quite a lot. There is no reason to give. even if the chances are that we don't prevail in the end, there is no reason to give up right now. The only people trying to get you to give up are the ones who very likely didn't want to support Donald Trump in the first place. They're trying to discourage you. Don't be discouraged. Be encouraged. Have heart. There is uh, quite a lot going on at the, at the physical level, at the metaphysical level, everywhere in between. And if the time may come that we only get news stories about Fluffy the cat for the next four years, so be it. But until then, we ought to keep fighting. I'm Michael Knowles. This is the Michael Knowles Show. I'll see you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, and frankly, even if you didn't, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Klavan Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Supervising producers, Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Assistant director, Pavel Wadowski. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Audio mixer, Robin Fenderson. Hair and makeup, Nika Geneva. And production assistant, Ryan Love. The Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production, copyright Daily Wire 2020. You know, the Matt Walsh Show, it's not just another show about, about politics. I think there are enough of those already out there. We talk about culture because culture drives politics and it drives everything else. So my main focuses are life, family, faith. Those are fundamental and that's what this show is about. I hope you'll give it a listen.